glad to be in the Lord's house today. I've already been able to preach one time today, and hopefully I'll be able to do it again right now. Uh, glad you're here to join us in the second service. I'm starting a new series today. I really don't know how long it will go. Maybe, uh, maybe th this may be the last sermon I preach on this series. I I'm planning on preaching a couple of months on it. I may preach uh, five months. I may preach all of 2018 on this. I don't know. It's just where the Lord takes us. God, God has started me on a journey, and I want you to join me on this journey as we learn together how to praise the Lord. All right? That's the journey, how to praise the Lord. Say our theme with me. One, two, three. Praise the Lord. There are two verses that uh, we're going to start with today, and I'm asking you to memorize these verses, all right? This week, your assignment is to memorize Psalm 150, verse 6. It is the last verse in the book of Psalms. In fact, our new banners have this verse on it, Psalm 150, verse 6. It's on the screen. Read this verse out loud with me. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath. Are you breathing? Yes. Come on, if you're breathing, raise your hand. Either that or you're asleep, all right? Nudge your neighbor if the hand didn't go up. Let everything that has breath, that includes all of us in this room, praise the Lord. How do we do that? These three words, praise the Lord. Say it with me. Praise the Lord. Psalm 150, verse 6, our church verse for this series on praise the Lord. Memorize that. The second verse I want you to memorize is Psalms 119-164. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, and every verse in that chapter has something to say about God's Word. So what does it say in Psalm 119-164? The psalmist declares, Seven times a day I will praise you for your righteous laws. Wow, that's pretty deep right there, isn't it? Seven times a day, God, I'm going to praise you because you have given us a righteous word, the word of God. It is the word of life. So seven times a day, I'm going to praise you for giving me life through your word. Praise the Lord seven times a day. And guess what the assignment is going to be? Well, we'll talk about that at the end of the service, all right? So these two verses, Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that has breath praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Psalm 119, 164, seven times a day I will praise you for your righteous laws. We're going to memorize those verses, aren't we, church? Yes. <laughs> We've got some work to do today, all right? Let's get excited because we're going to get to do something today that God created us to do, and that is praise the Lord. Uh, right before I go into this, I'm, I'm going to stop right here and do something kind of strange and unusual. We only have one business meeting a year, but I'm going to call us into a special business session. So I'm calling the Kavanaugh Free Will Baptist Church into a special business session to conduct the following business. I want you as a church to vote on this theme for 2018, 
praise the Lord. I want you to vote on whether or not we're going to adopt Psalm 150, verse 6. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord to be our church verse, our theme verse for this year. And I want you to also vote on Psalm 119, 164 to become your personal verse in your own life. Seven times a day, I will praise you for your righteous laws. Could I entertain a motion that we adopt these verses? Now, let me tell you, in the first service, they were all over it. I had about 30 people say, I make that motion. Could I entertain a motion that we adopt these verses to be our church verse and our personal verse? Is there a second to that motion? All those in favor, let it be known by saying amen. amen. Those opposed, same sign. And if you're going to vote against it, just go ahead and leave right now, all right? <laughs> now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I did that for a reason. And my reason is this. You cannot legislate nor force people to praise the Lord. It's not something that we can vote on as a church and say, you know what? No matter what our preconceived ideas about praising the Lord are, we are going to start praising the Lord. We can't vote on that. I can't mandate that. We have to desire it. And it is my prayer that you join me on my personal journey as we seek to praise the Lord biblically the way he wants to be praised. Now church, something tremendously powerful happens in our lives when we take our focus off of our problems and fix our eyes on God. Literally, you are taking your eyes off of something you cannot fix and putting them on the great problem solver of the universe. And when your eyes are fixed on God, you will become a person of praise. You will learn to adore Him and worship Him as we were created to do. Now in the Bible, praise, adoration, and worship is always a certain way. It is always active. It is always assertive. It is always expressive. And it is always open. Biblical praise and worship is not. In fact, it is never passive. It's never presumptuous. It is never unexpressive or secret. Wherever it is mentioned, movement, action, sounds, and songs are both seen and heard. And the Bible is full of praise. Probably the book of Psalms is our chief source of reference to praise and the exercise of worship. And as I've read through the book of Psalms again, three categories of praise and worship have, have spoken to me. I think there are three ways we can give biblical praise to God. For example, number one, our praise to God can be and should be vocal. Amen. We speak it. I could read off a bunch of verses. I'll just read a few. Psalm 145, verse 21. My mouth will speak in praise to the Lord. What about Psalm 63, verse 3? My lips shall praise thee. Psalm 66, 1 and 2. Shout with joy to God all the earth. And then Psalms 26, verse 7. Proclaim aloud his praise. 
So we see in the book of Psalms and the Bible that my praise to God has got to be vocal. I speak it with my mouth. I say it with my lips. I'm speaking it. I'm shouting it out. I'm proclaiming aloud, praise the Lord. It's coming out of my mouth, but it started in my heart. Number two, and let me just say, as a side note to that, I have learned in my life when I begin to speak praise, when I vocally, verbally speak praise, my problems diminish. Now, they're still there. I've still got my problems. They haven't gone anywhere, but they've taken their proper size. When I put my eyes on the creator of the universe and see God reigning on his throne, and then I look back down at my problems, I realize that my problems aren't that big after all. And I've got the great problem solver of the universe on my side, and he's going to help me with my problems. He's going to help me with life if I keep my focus on him. So we speak praise. Praise is vocal. Number two, praise may be audible without being vocal. For example, clapping is audible, and it's praise. Psalm 47.1, clap your hands, all you nations. Now, some of us just can't do it in time, but we can clap, and clapping is praise to God. Other means of audible praise are mentioned in Psalm 150, verses 3 through 5. The Bible says, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel. Praise him with the strings and pipes. That, that is, you know, the, the electric guitar and bass guitar. I'm interpreting New Testament-wise here. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Woo! I, I know I'd get old Timmy going over there, man. Musical instruments are used to praise God. Nothing non-biblical about that. It's right here in the Bible. We are to use our instruments to pray. And what kind of? All kinds of instruments. They're, they're used to give praise to God. And as I read this, what I'm thinking in my head is, the louder the better. <laughs> we went to Harrison Friday night for a, for a basketball game. I'm, I'm thankful that that is the last time I'm going to have to go to Harrison, Arkansas for any kind of sporting event. I mean, I just do not like going in the Goblin Stadium. I mean, it's just, you know, anyway, I won't, I won't go there. Anyway, anyway, we were at the Harrison. They got a new basketball arena, and uh, the men's bathroom is, was right next to the, the uh, student band for Harrison. And I went to the bathroom three, four, ten times. I don't know how many. <laughs> and every time I went to that bathroom, that band was playing, and, and the door to the bathroom was right beside the drums and the cymbals. And every time I walked into that bathroom, the cymbals, they, man, and it was rattling my bones. And I'm thinking, man, that, that, that is so loud and obnoxious. It was only obnoxious because the Harrison Goblins were doing it, all right? But I thought to myself, right there, you know what? That could be turned into praise to God. Those symbols, those loud clanging symbols can be used for praise. It's not vocal, but it's audible. I'm thankful for our praise team. They do a great job, don't they? Man, 
as they give praise to God. Number three, praise may be visible. Did you know that lifting up your hands can be used as praise to God? Psalm 63, verse 4, Thus I will bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in the name of the Lord. What's, it, what's his name? The comedian? Tim Hawkins, yeah. When you go, listen, I, I, I was going to play this, but our first service wouldn't appreciate it, so I just left it off. When you go home, YouTube Tim Hawkins, the, the hand, lifting hands. It's a great video. He, he gives them names, all the hands raises that we have. Gives it names. But I'm here to tell you, it's biblical. Lifting your hands in praise to God is biblical. What about kneeling? Psalms 95, verse 6, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. This word literally means to get on your knees, to fall before the Lord. And when people came into the presence of God, they would kneel in worship and in respect to the God of the universe. So our praise to God can be visible. We can lift our hands. We can kneel. I hate to mention this third one, but it's found in the Bible, so I'm, I'm going to do it. It's dancing. Psalm 150, verse 4, that passage I read earlier. Praise Him with the timbrel and with dancing. I'll spend an entire sermon here in a few weeks talking about David, who danced before the Lord. They brought the ark back into the, the city, and there he was dancing before the Lord, and not everybody appreciated his moves. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Now, I'm either ticking some of you off or stretching you real far, because growing up, we, you know, I mean, I wasn't taught any of this growing up. You certainly didn't dance. I mean, free will Baptists don't dance. It's not in us to dance. I've, I've, I try to describe a free will Baptist dancing like this. It's, I mean, the feet stay planted, and you're just kind of. But it's a visible praise to God, dancing before the Lord. There it is, praising God. Therefore, here's what I want you to know, church. Praise is adoration of God, which is vocal, audible, and visible. It can be any one or all three of these at the same time. It's giving praise to God. Okay? And again, I know I'm going to make some people very uncomfortable, not only today, but in the next several weeks. My prayer is this, that we leave our preconceived ideas about what it means to praise the Lord outside the doors of this church, and we just learn what the Bible says about it. Okay? And, and, and listen to me. Listen, church. I've been, here, I've been here 20 years. I am not trying to change this church into a charismatic church or anything else. I'm trying to get us to see what God has made us to be as His people. And His people are people who praise Him. So just get over your madness right now. All right? And we're going to work through this. During this message and next week, I'm going to share with you some principles, some truths about praise that I have discovered in the Word of God. Uh, the first one is this. Praise is a law that is written into the very structure of the universe. It, it's as if everything was made to praise the Lord. 
And I personally believe that when God created, that first week when He created everything, He created in the DNA of our universe the capacity and the desire to praise Him. Paul said this in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession, to the praise of His glory. I mean, that's why He created all that He created was for the praise of His glory. In fact, the purpose of creation is to praise. Isaiah 43, 21, God declares, The people that I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. Praise is the reason for the existence of the universe, for mankind, and for all creation. God made the universe to praise Him. You don't believe me? Let me read it to you. Psalm 148. It's not on the screen. I'm just going to read it. I would say close your eyes and listen, but you'd fall asleep, so keep them open. Now, I'll say this for new people here. I had a stroke in my right eye about two months ago, and I've been receiving injections into my eye to, to dry up the, the, uh, the bleeding that has occurred there. And uh, so my vision is really impaired. Uh, I went to receive my second shot this past Wednesday, and as soon as they gave me that second shot, when I got up from the chair, and let me tell you, the first shot, I didn't feel it. Second shot brought me out of the chair, all right? Uh, my eye wasn't completely numb, and I felt, I felt it, all right? But as soon as that shot was given, I had a floater in my eye. And the floater has remained with me. It's this little black floater thing that's floating around in my right eye. Sometimes it's there, most, sometimes it's not. But I've been living with this floater since Wednesday. And uh, because it's living with me, I gave it a name. It's Bambi. <laughs> I got Bambi in my right eye, you know. And, you know, that, that Bambi could bum me out. But I'm just praising the Lord for Bambi. I, I don't know. Why not? I mean, at least I can see something out of it, right? Hey. So anyway, I want to try to read this. I said all that to say, I really wanted to tell you I named my floater. That's what I wanted to do. Bambi, all right? I wish some of you deer hunters would shoot Bambi and put me in. Psalm 148, are you there? You don't have to be. You can just listen. Here's what it says. Praise the Lord. That's how it starts. Praise the Lord. That's what we're learning how to do. Say it with me. One, two, three. Praise the Lord. And then he goes on to say, praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens, and you waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For he commanded and they were created. He also established them forever and ever. He made a decree which shall not pass away. Now that's pretty awesome. God made the heavens, the universe, with the capacity to praise him. So he's saying, sun, moon, stars, you praise God. Praise the Lord from the earth, he says in verse 7. You great sea creatures and all the depths 
fire and hell, snow and clouds, stormy wind fulfilling his word, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things and flying fowl, kings of the earth and all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. I think that's all of us. Huh? Here it is, verse 13. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His glory is above the earth, and it is above the heavens. Amen. Praise the Lord. I mean, guys, do you see it? Are you excited about it? We see clearly here that everything created in the universe has the capacity to praise the Lord. In fact, in Luke's account of the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem, we learn a valuable lesson about praise. Here it is, Luke's Gospel, chapter 19. Let me read these verses to you. When he, which is Jesus, came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles that they had seen. So here Jesus is coming into the city, and all the people are doing what? They're praising him. Verbally, they're giving him praise. What are they saying? Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Woo! And maybe they had their hands raised up. I don't know. They're, they're praising God. All right? Some of the Pharisees... Uh-oh. There we go. Pharisees, they were church people. Very legalistic. Church people. Sitting there with a fishing pole on their back spine. Anyway, visualize that. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Stop this nonsense. We, we will not allow them to give you praise. Stop it. They're your disciples. Stop them from praising you. I tell you, Jesus replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. That, let me tell you, that is powerful. Jesus knew that if we fail to give praise to God, we were created to do it. And if we fail to do it, the rocks on the side of the road will give praise to God. Okay, that is, that's praise right there. Why? Because everything was made to praise God. Can you see that? Everything was made to praise God. Callie gave Angie a, a book for Christmas that uh, she's kind of been reading pages to me. It's uh, one of A.W. Tozer's uh, uh, great masterpieces, The Purpose of Man. And, and to surmise what Tozer was saying is this. God created the universe, and every part of his creation was given a purpose. It was, it was given a job. The moon is to come out at night. The sun is to come out in the morning. The, the stars are to twinkle. And everything that God gave a job to has been faithful through the years to do the job that God gave him to do. The stars are still twinkling. The ocean was made to clap its waves. And it does that. 
Little birds were made to sing. If a little bird is not singing, something's wrong. It's dying because birds were made to sing. Bees were made to produce honey, and that's what they do. And all of creation is doing what God created that thing in creation to do. And as they do it, they're giving praise to God. Man is above all that creation. We were created in the likeness of God. And God created us for the sole purpose of giving praise to Him. That is, listen to me church, that is our chief end. That's written in our DNA. God made us to worship Him. And I got to thinking about this. Everything in creation is doing their job. They're doing what God created them to do. Except man. You want to know why we have the problems we have? It's because we're not doing what we're created to do. And, and I understand that about lost people. Okay? The only way you can really praise God is by knowing Him as your Heavenly Father. And the only way you can have that relationship with Him is through His Son, Jesus Christ, who died on Calvary's cross and shed His blood for the remission of your sins. And it's only through faith in Jesus that you can be born again and have a relationship with God. But when you are born again, your heart is open to the Word of God and you realize why you were created. It is to give continual praise to God. So why aren't we doing it? And, 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 and I'm not here today to be Debbie Downer. No. I'm here to challenge us. Let's be the people God made us to be. Praise is a law that is written into the very structure of the universe. It's in our DNA. And we will not be fulfilled and happy until we learn how to praise God. Number two. When history as we know it comes to a close on earth, praise is going to continue to saturate the atmosphere. Let me say it like this. God created, he, he began the world with praise. The universe is going to end with praise. This world is going to come to an end with the crescendo of praise, and praise is going to continue throughout all eternity. Now, the book of Psalms is our chief text for praise, along with the book of Revelation. That's all we see in the book of Revelation, praise, praise to God. In fact, there are two chapters that are devoted to this. It's chapters 4 and 5, and again, you know, you, you may not like it when I read, but I don't care, I'm going to read this to you, because this, this is just too good not to, okay? Listen to this, chapter 4. After these things, I, John, looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. So get this, John, who's on the Isle of Patmos, an angel came to him and said, John, I'm going to take you into the heavens, and I'm going to show you what is going to happen in the future. Now, I know this is prophecy. It's something that will happen. But I also believe from reading and studying this passage, not only is this something that will happen in heaven, it is something that is happening in heaven as we speak. Verse number 2, Immediately I, John, was in the Spirit, and behold... 
I saw a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat on the throne was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like unto an emerald. So he sees God sitting on this throne. It's a beautiful throne like an emerald. Around the throne, verse 4 says, were 24 thrones. And on the thrones I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes. And they had crowns of gold on their heads. So right there in front of the throne of God in a semicircle were 24 other thrones. And these elders were seated on the thrones. They were clothed in white robes. And they had gold crowns on their head. You got it? And from the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. Seven lamps of the fire were burning before the throne which are the seven spirits of God. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front and in back. So we have the 24 elders. Now we have four creatures. Verse 7 says, The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature like a calf. The third living creature had the face of a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night, and they are continually proclaiming these words, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. They're praising God. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders, they fall down before him who sits on the throne, and they worship him who lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne. And here's what the 24 elders say. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things. And for your pleasure they are and were created. And John saw this as something that was going to happen, but I'm telling you, it's happening in heaven right now. I can't stop there. Let me go on to chapter 5. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back. It was sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to even look at it. So I, John, wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to even look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Let me, let me let you in on who he's talking about. He's talking about Jesus. 
He's talking about Jesus. And so I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to all the earth. Then he came and he took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he had taken the scroll from the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. And they were all saying with a very loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever. Amen. amen. And I want to say amen and praise the Lord. Every being in heaven is giving praise to God the Father who is on the throne and Jesus the Lamb whose blood was slain for the remission of our sins. Throughout the book of Revelation, these elders, these four creatures, these angels, and all of creation surround the events with shouts and songs of praise. So guys, when it all comes to an end, there's going to be praise. For all eternity, there's going to be praise. So you better get used to it. And you better learn how to do it. Interesting to me, the last word in the Bible is a word that is connected to praise. The last word in the Bible is the word amen. Say that out loud with me. Amen. Jesus used this wonderful word. The psalmist used it. Other New Testament and Old Testament used it. Psalms 106 verse 48 says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Let all the people say, Amen. amen. In Nehemiah, the people responded to the reading of the Word of God by shouting, Amen! Amen! In 1 Chronicles 16, King David commanded that the song of thanksgiving be sung to the Lord. And so Asaph offered this song, but all the people joined in by saying, Amen! And praised the Lord. The word Amen was ranked in high company in Revelation chapter 19 with the four hallelujahs when the elders and the four creatures fell down and worshiped the throne and they all shouted amen hallelujah 
So, since the Bible closes with the last word being amen, I think it is surely appropriate for us to use it in praise and in agreement with the tremendous truths that are found in the Word of God concerning the greatness of God. There is absolutely nothing wrong with you saying, Amen. Now, for some of you, that's going to be a stretch. <laughs> but let's try it together. Ready? Praise the Lord. Amen. There you go. Truth number three. And I'm about done, so hang with me. Truth number three. Praise is where God lives. Praise is where God lives. Psalms 22, verse 3, we read, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. In other words, praise is where God lives. It's his permanent address. Praise is his home element. God is at home in praise. He is great, and he is greatly to be praised. I think for me, this answers one of the vast mysteries which accompanies praise. Why is it that when we begin to praise the Lord, change comes so rapidly? And believe you me, it does. Why does healing come on wings of praise? Why do human emotions undergo such transition when we make praise the choice? And how do we account to those things which accompany praising God? Well, I think the answer is pretty simple. While God is everywhere present, and we believe that, don't we, church? He's omnipresent. He's everywhere present at the same time. While God is everywhere present, He is not everywhere manifested. Just chew on that for a little bit. There are places God, even though He's there, He does not manifest Himself. But He's at home in praise. And being at home at praise, He manifests Himself as God. So when you or I choose to make God at home through praise, we invite Him to act as if He is at home. And when God is at home in praise, God does what God wants to do. Do you follow that? He's at home in our praise. Now, I do a lot of traveling, going to meetings, preaching. Uh, this boy, my calendar's already filling up. I'm going to Nashville and preaching. I'm going to be here and there preaching. This next week, I'm going to be off on a trip at a meeting. And when I go to these places, I have to stay in either motel rooms or in somebody's home. Used to, when I go, I'd always stay in somebody's home. And man, it's kind of uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever stayed in somebody else's home? People you don't even know, but you're staying in their home? I mean, you're in their territory, you know? But even when I'm in a motel room and, 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 and it's just me, I, you know, it takes me a while to adjust. I don't sleep good the first night, you know? And even though I can kind of try to feel at home no matter where I am, I agree with Dorothy. There's no place like home. You with me? There's no place like home. And I think that's the way it is with God. When I am at home at 905 Cary Lane, man, I'm just me. I'm just me. I do what me do. I do what me do when I'm at home. 
I sit in my chair. It's the king's chair. The queen lets me be king. Got my chair. Well, sometimes I go in and somebody else is sitting in my chair. I give them the look like, you don't need to be in the king's chair. But I'm at home. I relax. I take my shoes off. Man, I'm just comfortable. I'm me. And when we learn how to praise God, God is going to live in our praise. I, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, church. And yes, there would have been a time in which I would have probably been afraid to even say this. But I am so excited to see what Kavanaugh Church looks like when we allow God to manifest Himself in our services through our praise and our worship. Amen. He's at home in praise. So let Him abide in your praise. Last thing I want to share with you is this truth. Praise with thanksgiving is the only access into the presence of God. So there's a third verse I want you to memorize. It's Psalm 100 verse 4. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. And, and, and that's real simple, all right? The place you want to end up is the courts where God's throne is. You want to end up in the court and you want to end up praising God. You want to make God at home in your praise, and the only way you can do that is being in His courts praising Him. But there's only one way into the court of God, and that is through a specific gate. It's called the gate of thanksgiving. Are you with me? You only get to praise Him when you have a thankful heart. You get to the praise after you've gone through the thanks. It all works together. I got to thinking about, about us coming in here. And sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we don't want to come through the gate. Sometimes we crawl over the fence. When I was in high school, I went to, we lived in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, in fact, uh, graduated from uh, Coronado High School uh, in 1979. Then I went to Texas Tech for my first year of college. I like to tell people I played football at Texas Tech. Literally, I did play on their field. <laughs> Me and a bunch of buddies would, would go up to Tech and, and would climb over the fence because the gate was locked. We'd climb over the fence and, and would play football on the field until somebody came out there and ran us off. And they would always run us off. The, 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 the joke was, how long are we going to get to play on the field before somebody comes and runs us off? They always ran us off, but we'd go out there. We just kept going out there, climbing over the fence, and would play on the field. But it wasn't real. I was climbing over the fence. At night, when I was asleep, I would dream of not climbing over the fence, but getting to walk through the gate and down the tunnel and really playing as a Red Raider. Never happened. It's funnier to me than apparently it is to you, but... You know, Gail, I thought that's, that's so picturesque of us. We, we, we want to get to church. We want to do the worship thing for whatever reason. M maybe just to check it off our list. 
Maybe, maybe you're here today just because it's on your list. It's your to-do list of this week. Church, Sunday, I, I was here. I did it. God, I did it. I was there. Maybe you're here because you, you dig the music and you enjoy our band, and so you come for the music. Maybe there's a couple of you that come because you, you, you enjoy the Word of God. Maybe you just come because you want to be with other people or say that you went to church. But really, the real reason, the true reason for you coming is to get into the courts of praise. And sometimes I think we get all that foggy in our head and we get here, but we've gotten here the wrong way. We've climbed over the fence. We've rushed in and our hearts are not prepared to worship God. Therefore, we can never make God feel at home because our praise is not here. Guys, you got to come through the gate. And the gate is thanksgiving. And so I thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. Thank you for family. Thank you for life. Thank you, dear Lord, for hard times. Thank you, dear Lord, that I had this stroke in my eye. I don't see it all right now and how it's going to fulfill your plan for my life, but I, I can thank you for it because I know my life is in your hand. And I know no matter what happens, I'm going to keep praising God because that's who you created me to be. And so I'm asking you to come alongside me, your pastor, and let's walk this journey together. Let, let's discover what it really means to praise the Lord. How do we do that first thing? Just, just memorize this verse. Psalm 150, verse 6, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Use that verse as praise to God. And then the second verse, Psalm 119, 164. Seven times a day I will praise you for your righteous laws. So my assignment is not only memorize those verses along with enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, but that seven times a day you do this. Seven times a day you stop what you're doing and you praise God. And it, it may just be with that simple verse. Let everything that has breath. Lord, you gave me breath. So I'm going to praise, the, praise you, Lord. Seven times a day, do it. Here's an easy way to remember. There are two things I do every day. I get up and I go to sleep. Okay? So the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to give praise to God. Lord, thank you. Thank you for a safe night's sleep, a good night's rest. And I praise you because you are God. Can't wait to spend this day with you. Praise the Lord. Before I go to bed at night, last words that are going to come out of my mouth are praise to God. Then there are three things that I do every day, at least three times a day, and that's eat. Are you with me? So breakfast, lunch, dinner, before I pick up that fork and put the food in my mouth, I'm going to be thanking God and praising God. I'm going to give praise to his name. It's a conscious thing. I'm praising the Lord. That's five times right there. The other two times are in between breakfast and lunch and lunch and dinner. It's called break time. Well, I'm breaking to praise the Lord. That's seven times right there, guys. You can do it. This is a practice I started years ago. I kind of slacked off on it 
until a couple of months ago when God really convicted me and started me on this journey. And so those seven times every day, I'm thinking, okay, I want to praise the Lord. And I, my mind is, is uh, it's just like this. I, you know, okay, do I set my alarm? Do, okay, am I going to set my alarm to remind me? I thought, no, I think I can do it. And so, you know, I'd, I'd try my best. And sometimes I'd get to the end of the day and I'd be thinking, now, did I do it seven times or just five? And, 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 and I could just hear God laughing at me saying, Will, you're missing the whole point, dude. You're just missing the point. But you know what I've discovered? After the first week, I, d I didn't even have to keep count anymore. Because I wasn't just praising the Lord seven times a day. I'm praising the Lord all day long. 17, 27, 37, 57. The, the, the number is, is not the important thing. The important thing is that I'm doing it. I'm praising God. And it is amazing. Can I tell you this? Look at, look at me. I'm not lying to you. I am such a better person. When I'm thanking God, entering His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. I'm a better man. I'm a better husband. I'm a better dad. I'm a better Christian. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better person. Why? Because I am being who God made me be. I am fulfilling my purpose in life. And that is praising Him. So, would you start the journey with me today?